Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. The following content is not suitable for children. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas, Laurie. Here we are. Christmas Day. Merry Christmas, G. Merry Christmas. I mean, Christmas is the season, the holiday season, right, for connection. It's a one time a year we do slow down enough to take stock and say, why are we here? What's the whole point? The whole point is to, is to love and to be with each other and to spend that time, so... Let's get intentional about that today. What do you think, Lori? It sounds good. Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist. And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. For a great personal lubricant, please check out uberlube.com and use the coupon foreplay to support us at the podcast. Don't forget the stocking stuffers. Drop in some uberlube. All right. So what a, how are we going to help these couples out there just maximize this special time, not just take it for granted. And before you know it, the new year is here and we're back into the rat race and grind of life. I know. This is a lovely time. Many people have a couple days off, and I just think having intentional conversations that deepen our relationship, you know, it's an opportunity. We're spending time together. I loved what you said last week about talking and electronic free time. And and so I, I know that in my family, sometimes I like to do dinners where we just have questions that we try to brainstorm about what would be interesting, lots of Christmas questions, just to understand, you know, even though we're all together and we think we know everything about each other, there's so many feelings and thoughts that we don't know. I also bought this game. It's called Huga Game. I'll show it to you again, G. Huga? Huga. How do you spell it? Okay, it's H-Y-G-G-E. It's a Swedish word, and it means... Fun, cozy, basically cozy fun. Um, cozy fun. Cozy fun, where you're having pleasant conversation. 
neighbors, which we can't have over right now, but family maybe, and just time together. It's not an elaborate deal. It's just sitting by a fire, having blankets around, having conversation, drinking a little bit of wine, cozy time, and talking, okay, and talking. So, so I thought I would pick a card and ask you a question. I think you're tired, dude. No, cozy time by the fire. Oh, cozy time by the fire. Yeah, that is fun. So this game has a bunch of cards. There's a lot of different questions and you can choose. What low-paid job or profession deserves to be better compensated? That's one question. Name something you look back at and think, I can't believe I was afraid of that. that's That's a more interesting question to me. And who is the most likable person you know? And what are you supposed to just pick one? Yeah, pick one. Okay. Something I was surprisingly scared of. I'm not scared of anything, Lori, so I can't answer that question. <laughs> Nothing you were afraid of in your no, past? I'm, I'm just teasing. I think spiders. Spiders? Yeah. My husband's afraid of spiders, too. I'm the spider killer in my house. Are you not afraid of spiders anymore? Not, I think as having kids, trying to get them not to be scared, I, it's caused me to have to, you know, tell them that there's nothing to be scared about while I'm hiding it on the inside <laughs> to try to, <laughs> especially those daddy long legs that are kind of big and, <sighs> and really they can't even bite you. So there is literally nothing to be afraid of. Right. But they're kind of creepy, like wispy legs and woof. Yeah. That's funny. Well, it's interesting how the brain works, right? How it doesn't even get to your frontal cortex, the thinking part of your brain when your amygdala gets so triggered and your body's already recoiling and moving away before you even have a choice. Yep. And so you you overcame that or you, you hide it at least well. So your boys will be good spider killers. <laughs> or we can get into a whole conversation around fear. Ooh, that but any good therapy, right, is trying to get you to recognize that it's actually less scary than you think it is. Mm-hmm. So much of what we want to avoid is based on fear. Mm-hmm. And and when any prolonged exposure, good therapy is trying to get you to face that fear mm-hmm. and recognize that you got more power over it than you recognize. Mm-hmm. Being in it, we can we can know that it's just a feeling that it doesn't tank us, it doesn't destroy us. But I shouldn't do this, go into a lecture on fear if we're having a family conversation around spiders. Maybe not. Maybe not. (laughs) Okay, so I've got three questions. Do you want me to answer something? Let's see. Is it okay to... Okay, I could answer all of these. Is it okay to not leave a tip when you receive bad service? Uh, Do you like talking to strangers on planes? What is the best, the, the least important subject in school? Well, hmm. It's not okay to not leave a tip. I'll just make that short. I was a waitress, and I was a terrible waitress. I was completely disorganized. It is not okay. Just leave a tip, that poor poor person. Um, Okay, do you like talking to strangers on planes? I love talking to strangers on planes. I have had some of the deepest. You are one of those people. Okay. (laughs) I have had some of the deepest conversations with strangers on planes. I mean, it is so fun, right? Just this pocket of time where you're never going to see them again. And, 
yeah, you can go deep really fast. It's it's totally one of my joys. I, I mean, I'm sensitive. If, if they're reading a book or they give me the signal they don't want to talk, I'm not going to pester them. I'm one of those. <laughs> You're one of those. No, I, I appreciate that about you, Lori, and I think the world needs more of that. <laughs> Right, I, I can sometimes be on a plane and throw in the headphones just to say, like, I just need to disconnect and that's don't want it. Your signal. You know, uh-huh. That's the signal of I have enough people time and I need to just unwind. And yet, I agree. I think some some amazing conversations can happen when you don't really have an agenda, mm-hmm. and so all of a sudden you're talking about the weirdest things with a perfect stranger. Absolutely, it's so much fun. So much fun. That's pretty cool. So we have some Christmas questions that we're suggesting people ask their loved ones. And, you know, just talking about things that we've done and that we've loved about each other in the past, that research shows that strengthens our love bond. And so it's a good thing to to do, and especially if you can keep it warm and not controversial at the Christmas table or the Christmas bedroom. You know, this is this could be fun. One of my favorite questions is always to ask people about what happened when they were eight. I, I don't know. Maybe something happened to me when I was eight. But it's such a different picture. You know, it's a childhood picture of maybe what they were feeling and thinking what was going on in their family life. It gives so much information about how they were raised and what they were feeling. And eight is a little bit before you're jaded, you know, ten. If you all have a ten-year-old out there, that's that's a tough year to have Christmas with them because they're they kind of want so much and they're so easily disappointed <laughs> but eight right. eight is a little different and so I <laughs> I like to ask that like what do you remember on Christmas when you were eight what's your or maybe what's your earliest Christmas memory but I think that eight year that eighth year is a is a good year well talking last time about the love language and gift I remember when I was eight my aunt gave me the Star Wars Death Star. It was the best present wow. I've ever received in my life. I did not expect it. You know, not famous for giving big gifts. You know, we didn't have that much growing up in my family of eight kids. So it was, if I would have got a Star Wars man, I was pretty happy. And I got this huge Death Star, like where you could put all the, I mean, it was, I can still think about it today. And that, that gift, like I must have spent countless hours, you know, with my figures on that, that Death Star. And it's just funny how, how the power of that gift all these years later still brings a sense of kind of oxytocin hit my body. Joy. I can see it all over your yeah, face. You know, so you're cool. eight years old again. It's like, wow. It's just that wow, that wow <laughs> factor of like, can can the world get any better than it is right now? <laughs> that is so great. Yeah. Sometimes and and just it being a surprise, right? Something unexpected and an aunt who really knew you, who really got it. Yeah. It's so special because mm-hmm. it, it, it just it captures you in a way that all these years later. So that's these gifts are more than just what we need. I mean, these gifts are a way of, of really seeing and, and celebrating the person we love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's lovely. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners have stories about Christmas Carolyn or 
a pickup football game or, you know, it's not about, it's just that you're in the flow, right? You just, you feel loved and cared for and part of something bigger than yourself. Absolutely. That's what I remember when I was eight. I belonged to this very cool Episcopal church and we met in the YMCA and there was this this traditional Christmas party. It was called a wassail party and all the mothers made cookies. And so there were, you know, hundreds of cookies. And it was really just a beautiful night. There was always a pageant and there was good food and wassail is like spiced apple cider. And my mother always made the wassail. And so, you know, that was lovely. And and something about it, I think it was must have been candlelight. You know, they were all I had all these friends and we would run around this whole facility and we just had so much fun at this party. It was mm-hmm. I, I mean, it was kind of the essence of Christmas, you know, people who loved each other, celebrating light, spirituality, faith, you know, and community. It was it was a really special time. Yeah. It's nice to see you light up as your your brain goes back in time and just replays the, the movie. Hmm. Yeah. Well, when we come back, let's get into some more of these holiday questions. Okay. Uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay is how you get 10% off Uberlube. And why I love it is it is long lasting. I was just talking to a patient this week about the way that they need to use this because, you know, they're struggling with dryness and it's just such a safe way to make sure that no matter what happens, if you feel anxious or whatever, you know, the lubrication is there, it's ready, it makes sex comfortable and more pleasurable. I I just think people need to use it no matter what. I mean, it's fun. Right. And we win on all fronts. So when both people become more comfortable using it, we have more to work with and play with. It's silicone, so it is non-allergic. It is a great product, beautiful packaging. We encourage you to buy it, and it is uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay for 10% off. And when you do this, you help support us on the podcast as well, so we are grateful. Thanks. And it makes a great stocking stuffer. It does. Hey, join us on Instagram. We're running a contest. If you tag five of your friends... We are going to send you the Manscaped lawnmower. Thank you, Manscaped. Woo! Very excited, Lori. Uh, upcoming couples retreat weekend. Great <laughs> love, great sex. What an opportunity for couples to work on that sexual and emotional cycle. I know. I'm so excited we get to partner together to actually teach and share with couples. It's going to be on Friday, February 5th, and we're really encouraging you to take the weekend away together to do this material with us. We're going to have interactive parts, talking about the emotional connection, the cycle, asking your partner questions. We'll have little breakouts. We're going to keep it fun, keep it hot. It's going to be a fast day. We'll start at 10 a.m. on Eastern Standard Time, February 5th. Great love, great sex. Find us on the website, foreplayradiosextherapy.com, and sign up. We don't give many guarantees, but if you show up for this retreat, you will have conversations you've never had with your partner before. Got a G-spot? Here's a sentimental one. Why do we close our eyes when we sleep, when we cry, when we imagine, when we kiss, when we pray? Because the most beautiful things in the world 
cannot be seen with your eyes. It must be felt with your heart. We got more holiday questions to help you strengthen your bond and think about ways to share with your loved ones a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your history, a little bit about your inner world. So, what do you got, Lori? What's the next one? What's your favorite part of the holidays, George? Yeah, it's for me. It's Christmas morning, opening oh. up presents. Oh. It's still my favorite part. And, in my family growing up, there was it was a total madhouse. Oh my I mean, gosh! You had ten, eight kids and two parents, and literally you'd wake up, you'd run downstairs, and everybody would be a free for all, and it would just be like, <laughs> but it'd be over in like five minutes. Yeah. It was just total chaos. This massive chaos. <laughs> uh, my wife's family tradition was much slower, which fits, right? She's more patient of that. <laughs> everybody would watch one person at a time open their present. Mm. And that person would guess what it was before. And they had this whole long process. And so we've integrated more of her process into, and it's, <laughs> it's fun that we go one person at a time and everybody has a bunch of gifts and stock and things, but it takes, takes a while. But did you just see people guess and kind of, respond to the gifts you picked out or the gifts you're getting it's just it's a cool process to just come together i'm like always wanting to know what's in a gift and then my wife would get into a story and they forget about the gifts i'm like how do you forget about the gifts like what are you doing like, and it's just cool i have the family dynamics and different things you know, it's definitely challenging oftentimes to merge two families together right i always say we don't yeah. marry a person we marry a family there's all these different holiday traditions that people bring into it, and oftentimes maybe they don't integrate it as well as you and your wife did, and there can be a struggle with that. Yeah, my wife's got these great ideas. It always seems like it takes some work. This year's Christmas photo is my son's new pickup truck and put in a Christmas tree in the pickup truck, but oh. you need lights and how are you supposed to do that? And we're supposed to drive to a park and it's a, before you know it, it's a whole adventure. And <laughs> me and my two sons were miserable in a picture. <laughs> picture. We're like, come on, let's just take the picture. No, it's not right. You got to wait for this. Got to do that. So it's again, it is marrying two different cultures. Like I'm so appreciative. My wife, puts the energy in to make it special. Yes. And I could see my sons are more like me with the like impatience of, all right, come on, come on, let's get going. Just take a picture. <laughs> I hope I get that picture this year. That'll be really fun to see. It's in the mail. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lovely. So. So how about for you? Oh, my favorite part of Christmas. Well, my favorite part of Christmas is definitely Christmas Eve. And mm. I'm going to say something about this, about sex in a minute but you know christmas eve is the setup right it's all the pageantry it's the candles it's the meal it's mm -hmm. the prep it's the gathering you, you know you dress up sometimes we don't dress up but i i like it when everybody dresses up and you know it's just it's the before event it's all the anticipation that's to me what's so exciting and you know i think that very typically between men and women, you know, if men were to talk about it, sex is Christmas Day. You know, it's opening the present, it's doing it. And and for women, that anticipation is so exciting. You know, yeah. so it's the lead up, it's the romance, it's what you're saying to each other. It's It's all of that that kind of makes the whole event exciting and special. 
Oh, wow. We are so different. <laughs> off that time. That is just so cool. How, you know, I just got to get through the Christmas Eve to get to the good stuff. Right. And you're saying, no, wait a second. That is the good stuff. The Christmas Eve, it. the anticipation, setting the table, the kind of planning, all of that is, right, there's such a turn on as you're getting excited. And yep. that's really cool. Yeah, and setting the table is a really big deal for me. I do different things. One year I did this uh, nutcracker theme where I had like all kinds of different candy falling out of all kinds of different containers and nutcrackers on the table. And the children really liked that. They remember that one. It was fun. I do different themes on the table. Okay. So, how do we make room for both to our listeners? For the person who likes the Christmas Eve anticipation, how does their partner join them more in that instead of seeing it as just work? Mm. Or for the person who loves that morning... How does the other partners see how important that morning is to kind of let go of the rules and the worrying and the structure and just kind of get lost in the moment of the, the rapture of just that process? <laughs> it's so easy to miss each other. It is so easy to miss each other. It is so easy to see the negative of the other experience. Like you said, the work of it all or just the, I, I guess, um, the, the rush of it all. I'm feeling guilty right now thinking about, I must be a killjoy for my wife when she's trying to set the table. And that's actually exciting to her. And to me, it's like, just give me the fork. So what it like, it's, it's such a different mindset. So I'm going to go change my mindset. Good. Right? We're gonna I like, get... I like measure how far, far the fork is from the plate and from the edge of the table, George. All right. <laughs> I'm Downton Abbey all the way, you know, it's I like might not serious. ever get there, but I'm shooting for that target. <laughs> just it's it's the build-up i promise you there's a nice payoff on it <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm writing that down okay uh, deeper question so george told us what his favorite gift was but that's a, a good question what's been your favorite gift is it any other favorite gifts that you've had i've had a lot of favorite gifts through the years depends developmentally what age mm. give us another one Oh, I, I liked getting a shotgun. Ooh. How old were you? I was older. I was in uh, t my 20s. Who, who gave you the shotgun? Cool gifts. My father. Oh, oh, nice. You're in your How 20s. How about you? So, you know I have a tomboy part, right? My favorite gift, I was 21 and... I liked this guy a whole lot, but we weren't really dating. We were very, very good friends. We spent multiple days a week together. We were youth workers, uh, and so you know we were always dealing with kids and picking up kids and hanging out. And uh, he gave me a buck knife, and he taught me how to open it with one hand. And so, oh, you got we, the cool flick! It was a really cool flick, and it, you know, and I was just kind of on the brink of. I mean, certainly I liked boys and, and I was, oh, I was boy crazy, you know, but I wasn't quite as comfortable yet in my femininity. And it was like, I felt very seen, you know, like he got me. And um, so that was one of my very favorite guests. I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> it's good. It's, it's, it really highlights how important the uniqueness of the gift and the timing of where you're at, that just nails it, right? Yep, 
Yep. It was. Thank you, Glenn. All these years later, still meaningful. <laughs> and I think uh, my, my birthday is near Christmas, too. And my husband took me to the Messiah as a surprise. It was the concert. You know, and it was this incredible. It was when we still lived in California. And it, it was just a huge surprise. And and I, I love the whole music thing, you know, and so that was one of my all-time favorite gifts. Yeah, last year I was at Rockefeller Center, Radio City, and there's something special about that time Oof. of year with the energy Oof. and the, yes. it's, it's really, really cool. Oh, neat. What were you, what did you see? What, what was there? I think we saw a play. I'm not sure which what was the name of it, but it was, it was, it was the afterwards that was more memorable for me. Just walking in the crowds and seeing a tree and just getting caught up in the buzz and that energy that literally you can feed off of. I mean, I was just carried away in that Christmas joy. Mm. It feels like an uptick and it just in, in merry fun or just in that area. So. And one of the things I'm hearing is like energy, that that energy is really exciting to you and fun for you. Like you talked about the energy of the the huge chaos of opening all the gifts together. And I can imagine partly just the energy of a family with eight children. I mean, it must have been, you know, 24-7 full of noise and energy. Yeah. Maybe your body's conditioned to that. What? We know emotions are contagious too. Yeah. There's no just bystanders. If someone around you is really happy before you know it, your body's taken in that happiness. Mm -hmm. So exponentially, it just grows. No wonder why when you're in a place like Rockefeller Center and you see all these big smiles and people skating and laughing, it just kind of does something that lifts your spirits. Mm, I like it. So other questions are, what was your worst holiday and why? What was your best holiday and why? Uh, what do you remember about our first Christmas together with your partner? Uh, also, I think it's it's important to think about, you know, meaning of the holidays, faith, maybe just meaning of love, all of that. What, what about those? Which one do you want to answer? I love the question about your worst holiday just because it, it causes you to see the, the opportunity in talking about not just happy and fun. Mm -hmm. If it's about family and connection, it's also got to be about vulnerability and knowing how to repair and how do you, inevitably there will be disappointments during this holiday season. Mm -hmm. And instead of letting that kind of crash you down, like how do you find connection in the down? Mm -hmm. So what, what's an example of a, a negative holiday experience that you had? Oh, gee. Um, I think, let's see. Probably in my childhood, one of our traditions was that Santa Claus would leave gifts unwrapped. And so you would run out on Christmas morning and there would be a few select gifts, things that you had longed for and wanted, that would be left by Santa Claus and they weren't wrapped, which was very smart of my parents, right? Because <laughs> less wrapping. And uh, this was the year that my parents had separated. And so I ran out on Christmas morning, and there was nothing there from Santa Claus. And I kind of went into my mother's room, and I, I think my mother's struggling, probably depressed. I said, you know, there's no Santa Claus gifts. And and she said, oh, yeah, I forgot, and, like, went ahead and did that. And, and I just remember 
the you know it brings tears to my eyes but just that sense of wow everything is different you know i i know that we you know when we work with couples we want to go into the painful places right to because that's where the healing needs to happen and i i think that you know just for families that have divorced i always encourage them try to keep the traditions the same and i'm sure it comes from that memory of you know how it felt like everything had been different and somewhat lost right no, it's so important, and thank you for risking sharing that. So many people, especially during COVID, are going to find it hard to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Right? There's so much loss, and you lost your job, you lost your house, you lost your family member. I mean, you lost dreams. I mean, it's a lot of pain and hurt out there. Yeah. And it's actually where we need people the most. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So how do we how do we find somebody who we can just share that with? And are able to lean on. Right, right. To not face it alone, because I think that's the hardest part. There's nothing more lonely than a holiday in pain by yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it is why Christmas became my favorite holiday, like why I put so much effort into it, you know, mm-hmm. not just for the children, but for the child in me. You know, so that there's there's light and joy and anticipation and energy, you know, but it's so important. How about you, Well, that's G? a beautiful way to end it. No, no, Just... wait, wait. You got to <laughs> tell us your worst Christmas and why. We can't go over time, I'd hate. <laughs> tell us. Tell us your worst Christmas. I guess the worst Christmas would just be a family fight. You know, to see my two older brothers literally fist fighting and people screaming at each other and mom crying and this one doing that and just the drama of, hey, wait a second, that's not supposed to, what it's supposed to look like. Mm. Mm-hmm. Presents not open. And yeah, I think there's a lot of pain in when family's not working. Oh, so our families are very similar. And I think yeah. it's the human experience, right, of of missing. And especially, I think, in contrast to this part of you that loved the chaotic, joyful part of your family at Christmas morning, for that to be the dark side of the chaos and anger and fighting, and then that takes away the joy i can imagine how disruptive that is and hard that was maybe we i don't remember any of the holiday movies like rudolph never shows up or snowman just melts and doesn't come back to life i mean it Mm -hmm. all ends happily ever after that's that's Mm -hmm. the holiday season Mm -hmm. and yet for most of us that's we're going to get let down some of the time with that and that's okay as long as you can do what laurie as long as you can repair and go again. And I just want to say I appreciate you taking a few more minutes and telling us about your worst Christmas. Thank you, G. I well, know that's vulnerable, too. And we both shared a lot of vulnerable things this episode. I, I hope that sharing ourselves at Christmas with our Foreplay fam is a gift to them. I know that we've had a lot of people ask, just talk a little bit more about you guys. We want to know you. And... I think that that makes what we're doing 
helpful to people so that they see us as real people. And, and again, we've shared now some of the worst things, and we know that this might be a difficult Christmas for some of you at during COVID. We wish you peace. We wish you blessings. We wish you blessings on this holiday, on Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa. May there be peace on earth. Amen. Hey, don't forget, we are doing our couples retreat, and that is Great Sex, Great Love on February 5th. You can sign up right now. We've got a discount going until January 8th. We'd love to have you join us for a whole day. George and I are inviting you. Come join us and have fun. Call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-4PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.